the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. Today, we're going to be talking with Ken Thompson, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But you're listening to 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and later we'll be on Apple Podcasts, and we have recorded episodes of our shows on TalkLawRadio.com. This is the show where we discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, Material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you hear today should be relied upon only when coordinated with your individual professional advice. Marquardt Law Firm is sponsoring our show today, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans, including old businesses and new businesses, and we can help you if you have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, including guardianships, probate, business disputes, breach of contract, real estate disputes, and injury disputes. You can also find more information on the blog for Marquardt Law Firm by visiting the blog on the website. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help Ken Thompson and me give good information to the listeners about business legal issues today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. You can send me messages through Facebook or Messenger or both. I know that they're somehow connected. If you go to your Messenger app, you can search for Talk Law Radio and then look for the Scales of Justice and Lady Justice and the red, white, and blue logo. You can also search your Facebook app for Talk Law Radio, find the page there, and then there's a message app through that method as well. And you can ask questions about business legal issues today, and Ken or I will answer them. You can also give us a call at 210-308-8867, and we can answer questions that way. In fact, if you do ask a question, uh, I'm going to give away a book called Jesus CEO. 
Using Ancient Wisdom for Visionary Leadership by Lori Beth Jones. So for each person that gives me a call today and asks a question on the air, we're going to mail you a book called Jesus CEO. Okay, so today we're talking to Ken Thompson. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you, Todd, for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, my goal today is to talk to you about your work at uh, as a mentor at Toolbox Studios. Uh, before joining Toolbox Studios, you grew a marketing company of your own for 36 years. So I want to talk about the legal issues that uh, you saw in other people, other businesses, and legal issues that you went through in starting Uh, opening, sustaining, growing, and retiring from that business. Um, So let's get started. Tell us about where are you from? I'm from San Antonio. Um, I I grew up on the south side of San Antonio and uh, graduated from Brackenridge High School in 1960. And um, my family immigrated uh, from England in the 20s, and uh, I am the youngest of nine Wow. And if I have any issues that I worry about, it's because seven of the nine were sisters. So I had eight mothers uh, (laughs) growing up. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I've lived here all my life and um, didn't get into the advertising world until after my – after quite a few years, I actually got into radio sales in 1969. But before Uh, that – in between high school and radio, you went into the military. Well, I had a uh, – in high school, I started a band, and so I made a little money with – had a, a rhythm and blues band for quite a few years. What did you play? I played lead guitar, and I was a lead vocalist. Oh. Uh, and I had five other guys that all about my age at that time, 18, 17, 18, 19 mm-hmm. years old. And played until I got married uh, when I was 22, and then I was drafted into the Army in 1966 and uh, was honorably discharged um, in 1968 from active duty and then spent four years in the reserves. Thank you for your service. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, but anyway, yeah, and so uh, probably probably uh, getting drafted, although a little bit scary at the time, was the best thing that ever happened to me. It really taught me a lot of things uh, that I didn't know yet because I was 25. Mm-hmm. I was actually an old old draftee, and even in basic training, a lot of the guys called me grandpa because <laughs> a lot of their – they were 19, 20, 20 right. years old, you know, but I was 25. So uh, the same thing when I went to basic training and then advanced infantry training at Fort Polk, Louisiana, they called me grandpa. I don't know. That name stuck with me. So anyway, um, then when I got out of the service, um, ended up getting a divorce and uh, moved down to Port Aransas in 1968 after I got out of the service and uh, actually had a rock and roll beer joint on the beach at Port Aransas. And uh, in 69, it was blown away by a hurricane. Oh, no. And I decided I needed to come back to San Antonio and get into the real job world mm-hmm. and Went to work for K-Buck Radio as a salesman and um, worked for four radio stations, KTSA, WAI, and and uh, I, I loved it because I loved dealing with people, and I was not I was one of the salespeople that didn't mind cold calls, and I did that all the time, and I worked straight commission. I never received salaries, and so which I loved uh, mm-hmm. that way. I I. You know, I could control my my what I made. Right. Anyway, uh, then I went to work for Keys FM, which was an FM station, was the first station of San Antonio Broadcasting, which ultimately became Clear Channel Radio. And uh, their second station was WAI. And so, um, but I was a sales manager there. And then I got tired of that because it wasn't going anywhere. So I got into the agency business and uh, 1976, actually, Started my work, my own agency, and and um, we'll talk more about that. Yeah. We're about to have a break, okay? So I wanted to remind everybody that I'm giving away that book called Jesus CEO, using ancient wisdom for visionary leadership. If you own or operate a business, it's a good book. I've I've read part of it. I'm not all the way through. Um, it's an interesting look at. 
uh, the lessons that Jesus teaches in the Bible that are compared to what it's like to run a business today. So it's a good book for business owners. And if you want one, if you want me to give you one, call us at 210-308-8867 and ask a question about business legal issues. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll come back and talk to Ken about his experience uh, starting and operating the marketing agency. Stay tuned. care for yourself or your home. Without powers of attorney, your loved ones will be forced to the world of court battles and guardianship lawsuit to declare you to be incapacitated. Better yet, ask about a living trust containing your instructions about where you want to live, how you want to be taken care of, if you have a heart attack, stroke, or develop Alzheimer's or dementia. Call Marquardt Law Firm and find out how a living trust can help your loved ones settle your affairs without a judge in court. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Ken Thompson, about to talk about his experience running Thompson Marketing uh, for 36 years. So I wanted to mention again, for those of you that are getting in and out of your car and turning on and off your radio, that if you want the book, Jesus CEO, Using Ancient Wisdom for Visionary Leadership, Give us a call at 210-308-8867 and ask a question about business legal issues. So, Ken, tell us how the Thompson Marketing Company got started. Well, I had made a decision I needed to get out of radio because I wanted to learn more about the marketing business and actually went to work for a small advertising agency uh, and – even after that, I decided, you know, eventually I wanted to have my own firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, hired away by the Pitlick Group, which was the largest agency in the market. Spent about a year there, and again, I wanted to have my own firm. So that's how I got involved in that. And uh, I've always had a couple of philosophies that I've always told my kids about, my daughter and my son, is uh, every day is a classroom. Every day is a classroom. You can learn something every day. And in my world, I had to keep things simple for me. So it was the old KISS philosophy of keep things keep simple, simple, stupid. So <laughs> when I started the agency, it seemed logical that if I knew what I was doing, that I needed to have myself surrounded with good people that knew what they were doing. And so I had a good corporate lawyer, uh, and uh, Ed worked, Edward worked with me for probably 28 years. Mm-hmm. We had an extremely good accounting firm who did our taxes, uh, when I started the company, we had four people, and over the years, we were very blessed to uh, – I ended up uh, with 52 people, and um, we did a lot of work, some federal work. We did a lot of state work. Uh, well, let's uh, <coughs> s- slow down a little oh, bit. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, what all does marketing include? I hear about uh, marketing and PR. Um, what are some of the differences there? Well, public relations is – um, um, people that write about companies' opinions and things like that. And they traditionally has been where they would go to the media to get free press. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't do paid advertising. We actually had three people in our PR department. Um, and marketing uh, is the the telling the consumer about your business, who you are, what you do, and how they can buy your products and advertising falls underneath the marketing umbrella. <clears throat> but it starts with branding. Uh, people want a brand, which is not just a logo, but it's the name, it's the logo, it's the, it's the impression. When you market yourself, when you hand out a business card, that is branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you talk to somebody and introduce yourself, that is branding. Uh, and I think some people get that a little confused about what branding really is. <clears throat> it's It's... It's everything you do, how you present yourself, how you dress. You know, when you're representing a firm, 
you are the brand of that firm. And it's always interesting that clients have impressions of what their brand is. And then we would do research, attitude and awareness research about their brand. And they would learn things about their company from the consumer that they never, ever, ever, ever would have dreamed. And it's like, so you have your impression, then you have the consumer impression. But the consumer impression is your brand because they're the guy buying your product. Right. So um, we did a tremendous amount. This was before the Internet. So we did a tremendous amount of national or, or excuse me, traditional media, radio, television. We, we did HEB for many years, worked with Albertsons over the years. We did work for TextDot. So we had a lot of, of television and radio, print, outdoor medium. <clears throat> this was before the Internet. Um, so we were, we were one of the larger agencies buying media uh, over the years. So you used <clears throat> your name as the business name. Thompson. Yeah, it seems simple. I mean, it was like, <laughs> yeah. wasn't very creative, but it seemed the simplest thing to do. I think sometimes people create names and positioning lines, and if you create a positioning line or a name for your company that has to be explained with a lot of content, mm, probably not the best direction to go. Again, yeah. at, for me, it's got to keep it simple. So, yeah, I just went with that. Well, I wanted to mention that uh, the Texas Business Organizations Code – it has the laws regarding names, and if you use your own name, then you don't really have to do much. Uh, but if you want to use another brand or, or explanatory uh, name to describe your business, we call that an assumed name. Correct. And there's there's regulations about what you what you can do and and how to set it up that way. Basically, you go down to the the county clerk's office, and then if you want to register with the Secretary of State, form a corporation or a limited liability company, you can do that, and you have to find a name that's not already taken. But all of those uh, regulations are in the Texas Business Organizations Code. I wanted to ask you specifically because... I, w- I wasn't quite sure. Did you start your Thompson marketing from scratch, or did you buy into <clears throat> something? No, actually, I went to work for a gentleman named A.J. Lewis. <clears throat> Goodness, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Uh, and he was the agency for HEB, and I went to work for him as vice president of the company, and uh, I bought the agency from him. He was ready to retire, and I actually bought the company from him. And... Um, we just expanded like crazy because he had three people working for him just mm-hmm. doing HEB. And um, when he hired me, it was, I need to grow the company, but I'm not going to do it because of his age. He was ready to retire. So yeah. I, bought, I bought him out. Uh, we changed the name and uh, and uh, went from there. So, Do you think that gives a, a business owner a, a head start to buy an existing business rather than starting from scratch? Well, it's hard, it's hard to sell a service business because you can't sell your clients. And virtually all of our clients we had contracts with. We did a lot of state work. And the stipulation is if the ownership changes, then they can, loot, they can change agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is hard to sell. But A.J. and I were friends. And, uh, in fact, I used to call on his agency when I was in radio sales. And it was an easy decision. H-E-B made a commitment to stay on with the firm in 1976, uh, and we actually had that business until 1987 when they decided to go in-house, and then shortly after that, we got Albertsons. But it was a it was a he was just the kind of person that you could trust, and so I made the financial commitment, scary as it was in mm-hmm. those days, uh, to buy him out, and um, um, it worked out extremely well. He was very good to me. Some businesses have licensing certification requirements, compliance that they have to follow. Um, so new businesses should search the Texas Occupations Code to find all that. Um, is running a, a marketing company uh, something that's highly regulated by the the state of Texas? I think not highly regulated by the state of Texas, but we are very cautious. We had to have errors and omissions 
insurance, uh, insurance uh, because English teachers generally hate our business because we're uh, advertising is not grammatically correct as you might mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, now we weren't heavily regulated. You obviously making claims that are not true. Uh, I, I I know that. Oh, uh, deceptive trade oh, practice. Oh, yeah, deceptive act. trade practice, things like that. I know when I, I didn't, I, when I was much younger, back in, I had a beer joint, and you could not say legally that you had the coldest beer in town because oh. you couldn't prove it. So you could say cold <laughs> beer, but you couldn't say coldest. And uh, uh, we, the Liquor Control Board was very, very um, uh, possessive of their mm-hmm. rules when you had a liquor license. Uh, so no, I don't. I mean, it's not like the CPA business, like, like financial consultants and things like that. They have some very heavy regulations. Mm-hmm. But obviously, deceptive advertising, deceptive trade was was was. We had to be very careful of that, and we were. We we actually turned down clients who had some things they wanted us to do. We just simply would not do as a company. Um, in 1986, I started an agency called Hispano Southwest which was Spanish language only, and we mm-hmm. had a chance to do a major project for Marlboro Cigarettes, and uh, we turned it down. Uh, they were targeting young people, and no one on my staff, nor did I, smoke, and we just decided, no, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that. We could have. It wasn't illegal, but it just ethically we just didn't feel comfortable doing that, so we turned it down. Yeah, and they got in trouble by Congress in Washington for targeting kids later on. Not because of me. <laughs> we, yeah. we were happy to turn it down. It was a lot of money, but that wasn't the issue. Mm-hmm. None of my staff wanted to do it. I did not, so we didn't. Wow. So we had, we had um, I think we ran a very ethical, uh, a very ethical agency. As you grew, um, your staff grew, mm. right? And with a growing staff, more employees, you have to worry about more employment related laws oh yeah we had uh, we had actually done projects for texas employment commission and and um, um i've always believed that if you want things done right you hire the right people we had a good corporate lawyer we had a good hr lawyer we had a very excellent cpa outside so we really watched those issues very very carefully and my, um, uh, I had written a policy manual when I first started the agency, and, and, but I had an HR attorney, uh, a lady who was terrific, and she kept us on track. I mean, um, she knew the law. That was her job, and uh, so she kept us on track. We were very careful about those issues with employees, sexual harassment, uh, anything like that. Uh, we were very, very tuned into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've learned the texas human resources code um by creating my own handbook like you did for my firm and my staff um but also i i represented uh, a couple employers that had filed claims for wrongful termination and so i got to dig into somebody else's handbook and i got to um help them figure out how to defend themselves against a Texas Workforce Commission. So I, I've seen it from a, a couple of different angles, and, and you're right. You, you have to have a, a written policy. Um, I wanted to, to say some things about Texas is an at-will state, mm-hmm. meaning that you don't have to have an employment contract. Uh, to say how long you're going to work or how much you're going to be paid, the employer can change his mind later and say, well, actually, I'm changing your your job duties and I'm changing your rate of pay. You're allowed to do all that. And the employee doesn't have to accept it. Either party can uh, quit or leave for any reason or no reason at all. Mm-hmm. That's correct. We... We were very careful about uh, those kinds of things. Uh, in fact, when we hired people, um, uh, there were there's one thing that I always told them is this job's not the most important thing in your life. Your faith and your family is. And then we would give them a monthly salary because the implication, and this came from an attorney, is when you imply we're going to pay you X number of dollars a year, 
that you're implying a contract for a year. Oh, right. So we always, I don't know if it's still that way. Uh, again, I, I, you know, I've been out of the agency business for my own company mm-hmm. since 14, but, but we were very careful. We paid a monthly salary uh, with a 90-day review, and we were very strict about that review. We did not forget it. We didn't miss it. Mm-hmm. If we made a promise to an employee, that's what we did. And so, but we didn't ever offer a an annual salary. Mm-hmm. That's a good tip. So we've been talking to Ken Thompson about his experience running a marketing company uh, for 36 years. And uh, if you have questions about your own business and your legal issues, give us a call at 210-308-8867. I'll give you a book called uh, Jesus CEO. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Ken Thompson, who ran and operated Thompson Marketing Company here in San Antonio for 36 years. Uh, now he's with Toolbox Studios, serves as a, a mentor in the business development field, and we're talking about business legal issues. We were talking about employment law. There's another uh, employment law I wanted to mention that Texas is a right-to-work state, and that means that employment may not be conditioned or denied on the basis of membership or non-membership in a union. Correct. So you probably didn't have it, have to worry about that, your, no. your staff forming a union. The only time we had anything to do with unions is if we were to produce television commercials out of state where for a national client, which we did, and they wanted it done in their state. We've done it in New York and some other states that are union states. So we'd have to use union production companies. If we had clients attend conventions and they bought a booth, the mm-hmm. booth had to be set up by union workers in those states. But that's the only time, not in Texas. Okay. Uh, another employment-related issue is workers' compensation insurance. It's not required to most private employers. Uh, some, if if you work with the government, you might have to have workers' compensation insurance. But as a marketing agency, you probably didn't need that. No, we did not. Uh-uh. And uh, no, we did not. And that mostly to uh, take care of workers who are injured on the job mm-hmm. and in an office environment. It's there's not much risk there. Although, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you could. St- staple your own finger maybe yeah. that's, that's <laughs> uh and that don't think that's not funny it's happened actually uh but yeah we didn't do that but we never had contracts with employees um we never required a, an employee to sign a contract that if you leave our employee you can't say anything bad about us or you can't you know what you you can't control what people say and do once they walk out the door so i had an arrangement i have an opening you're qualified for that opening. I'm going to pay you so much money a month with these benefits, and uh, we're going to do a review in 90 days and another one in six months. And if you decide to leave, you give me two weeks' notice, uh, and I can choose whether you stay that two weeks or not, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we'll pay you for any unused vacation. Again, for me, it was keep it simple. Uh, you can't restrict somebody from going to work somebody else. People yeah. have tried it here, and it just it just doesn't work. So sometimes employees, you, you have to give them certain things to do their job. Uh, nowadays, it's a computer, a mm-hmm. phone. You, you put them to work with materials that they need. And for a sales guy nowadays, it might be that they get issued a cell phone, right? Oh yeah, we took care of all of that. I mean, all of the all of the supplies, equipment they had. We had beautiful offices uh, for 26 years. My company was in the Renaissance Plaza on uh, Loop 410, and and they very very nice offices. Everybody had their own office. Uh, we had beautiful facilities, and obviously we furnished computers. We furnished cell phones when they had them. We paid for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
even though we know that they use their cell phone for personal, who's going to take the time to figure out, well, 55% of your time was business and mm-hmm. 45 was per- – uh, we never got into that. You know, at some point you have to trust people and sometimes your trust is – is honored and sometimes is betrayed, and I didn't go to bed at night worrying about somebody's going to, you know what I'm saying? So I just didn't worry about stuff like that. Well, another issue related to that cell phone would be what if it's lost or stolen? You know, cell phones nowadays can be $1,000, and so uh, who pays for that? I never had that happen, uh, but I think if if somebody had had a habit of leaving their phone places and stuff like that, you know, I probably would have split the cost with them. Maybe I would have paid for it all. Again, you have to pick your battles when you're growing a business and running a business. And mm-hmm. we tried very hard. Uh, we watched our money very carefully. Uh, um, I looked at financial statements all the time. But there are times when you could just, you know, it's like, come on, I don't have time to deal with it. I'm trying to talk to a million-dollar-a-year client, and you're worried about it. phone. Yeah. Uh, So I was, you know, we just picked our battles. Yeah. I, before I was a lawyer, um, I worked as a mechanic Mm -hmm. and uh, I was young, you know, I didn't, I didn't always pay attention like I should. (laughs) And uh, I was backing out of the bay after servicing this pickup truck. And uh, I didn't real, I was looking behind me. I didn't realize it. Um, but, um, I, I hit the, the edge of the bay on the way back. Um, it, it tore off the side mirror of this pickup truck. I mean, that's, that's sort of a, a big repair job. Um, of course my, my boss apologized on my behalf, paid for the, the side mirror to be, uh, replaced and didn't really bother me about it. He just said, now you know that that, that could happen, right? <laughs> well, it's a good lesson. It's a good lesson to learn. But you also, when you think about somebody making a mistake, everybody does that. How hard is it to go out in my business? We had a lot of very talented people. We had writers, art directors, public relations people, account service people. Uh, if I had a, a really good copywriter and he made a mistake – you know how hard it is to find a really good copywriter and the time we would have to spend to retrain somebody to right. come in? Again, you got to pick your battles. What makes good sense about any sort of, of, of retribution against a, 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 an employee or something like that? What you do have to be careful of is you have to treat every employee equally. You can't let somebody be late all the time because they're really, really yeah. good because everybody else is watching. Uh, and I can give you one quick example. Uh, my former wife, who was a CPA, did all of our accounting in the 80s. She hired our son to drive. We had a pickup truck, and we delivered stuff to clients. Mm-hmm. And she told him, you're here on time. You break the rules. You're not here anymore. So he was late first. She warned him. Second time, she warned him. Third time, she fired him. He couldn't believe it that his mother had fired him. <laughs> well, at the office... She had told him, because we had all these other people sitting there watching, well, she'll right. never, you know, Brent's getting away with murder. Mm-hmm. No, she fired him. And he respected her for that. Took a minute, but he did, and it was the right thing to do. Yeah, so another thing, though, with trusting employees with tools, uh, as a mechanic, you know, I was responsible for tools. Sometimes the tools would get lost, and uh, the boss would be irritated about that, but Texas Workforce Commission does allow an employer to deduct mm-hmm. the cost of something from wages. You just have to make sure that uh, the wages don't fall below minimum wage because that's required. So um, if you issue materials to an employee, you can have them sign in advance a wage deduction uh, agreement, but it has to be done in advance. They have to know that that they could lose something if they don't take care of that. Absolutely. So, and that's fair. Like you mentioned, you want to keep things fair. And you mentioned equal at at the job. 
Well, there is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Mm -hmm. You know, there's lots of um, don't discriminate laws there. Can't discriminate on the basis of race, color, disability, religion, sex, national origin, or age. Right. So you know, it's interesting you bring that up. It's changed, though, because we were never allowed, and please, I don't want to get into politics, but we were never allowed to ask anybody's race uh, or anything when we were hiring people. We would never do that. I had a position. I hired the best person for the job, and I didn't care what color they were. I didn't care whether they were male or female. We had a job. Uh, But today they do ask, you know, your ethnicity and and, and, – Does Lonnie want to ask a question? You ready for it now? Okay, after the break. Okay. But anyway, so the the rules – the government has changed the rules in that area uh, because of all the changes of what's going on in, Mm -hmm. in the country today. But, yeah, um, got to be careful. Yeah, we were we were very 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 careful. Um, I, I never had closed door meetings with a female employee. I had the most wonderful secretary who was with me quite a few years, and she sat in any disputes that I had with a with an employee, or the, if the employee had a dispute, mm-hmm. she was in there taking notes, and we kept a record of it. She would write up a a, a, a meeting report of those notes give it to the employee with the complaint, put it in their file, so that if we ever had an issue with the Texas Employment Commission or anything, it wasn't a he said, she said. We had written documentation of what was said, what was done in their file and in my file. So we were very strict about stuff like that. That's a good practice. Also, what comes with employees would be payroll taxes. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll talk about more... uh, payroll taxes after the break been talking with uh, ken thompson about what it's like to run a marketing company for 36 years and you can ask questions too by calling 210-308-8867 and if you have a question about business legal issues i'll send you a book called jesus ceo using ancient wisdom for visionary leadership by Lori Beth Jones. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. able to care for yourself or your home. Without powers of attorney, your loved ones will be forced to the world of court battles and guardianship lawsuits to declare you to be incapacitated. Better yet, ask about a living trust containing your instructions about where you want to live, how you want to be taken care of if you have a heart attack, stroke, or develop Alzheimer's or dementia. Call Marquardt Law Firm and find out how a living trust can help your loved ones settle your affairs without a judge in court. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm your host, Todd Marquardt, here with Ken Thompson. We have a question from Lonnie. Lonnie, you're live on the air. What's your question? Thank you. Well, my, my question is, is uh, I, I have had occasion over the years to uh, talk with friends and associates about uh, labor and, and capitalist relationships and it's it's been my contention that um, it seems to me that it, that uh, capitalists uh, in, in recent years uh, have have sort of become more um, more uh, understanding of of labor's position, and and that uh, therefore we seem to have. Uh, Owners of companies that that are very much like Mr. Thompson, they're 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 more oriented toward be, being understanding of of the laborer and his needs and understanding. And I think there are large companies. Certainly, I think HEB is probably a good example of that. Uh, do you do is that a fair statement in, in your view? Are you talking about the the regulations that? have to be followed to be fair to the employees 
Well, I think the the requirements that have been levied over the years, um, perhaps beginning with the Wagner Act and going on through uh, Taft Hartley and, and and so many others, that uh, it, it seems to me that uh, I don't know, maybe you want to call it the zeitgeist that that has moved to to maybe make uh, employers more more well, shall we say, reasonable in their in their demands of labor and so forth. That's an interesting perspective. Thank you for sharing it with us. You bet. Uh, what what part of town do you live in? I live in New Braunfels. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for the call. We'll we'll thank discuss. You. You're quite welcome. Thank you. Thanks. So, Ken, uh, what do you think? Uh, you you were ran the company for such a long period of time, you probably saw things change. Well, yeah, I think things changed an awful lot. And uh, the the important thing for an employer is you got to keep up with the changes. And again, that's hiring the right people to do the right things and do it right. Um, uh, We were marketing people. We were branding people. And if, if my employer had certain rules that we had to follow, then we'd follow those rules. If we moved to another state to do a job, We'd follow their rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't go around the world trying to change the rules unless we found them to be just extremely limiting uh, or harmful. Anything that would harm my company or harm my employees or harm my pl- clients, I would stand up for that. But uh, I think you have to. But that's all about being aware. You just yeah. got to be aware of what's expected of you. And it sounds like you, you ran a Christian company. You ran fair policies, and so you didn't have to worry too much about shifting opinions. In my entire career, we never had a lawsuit against us. We never uh, had any problems um, with employees that were let go, mm-hmm. whether it was a layoff. And I did have a couple of layoffs. We had some good times and bad times. Uh, and then there were very few people uh, that, that I had to actually fire. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was only two, quite frankly, over the years. Um, but we never had any issues because they knew we were prepared internally from a, from a record-keeping standpoint. Right. Um, and uh, we had a good reputation with the Texas Employment Commission also. Speaking of record-keeping, um, the IRS requires employers to hold back some taxes for the benefit of employees. That's in uh, – Internal Revenue Code Section 3402, and that's one thing that employers can um, get in trouble for if they don't withhold those taxes. They don't pay the IRS. IRS is going to come get those tax dollars one way or another. There's a couple of things we never messed around with was was the tax boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we paid our payroll taxes Social Security, we we absolutely did not mess with the IRS. In fact, the people that I had working with me uh, internally in accounting, my CPA, my corporate, they would never allow it. We were very, very – we never, honest to goodness, had a problem with the IRS. We never were audited by anybody. My books were an open book. My clients could walk in anytime and see our books, but we were never in my entire business career. We were never audited. Uh, we never had a problem with the IRS. I didn't mess with those guys. <laughs> I, just, I just never did. Yeah. doesn't pay. <laughs> uh, another legal issue that comes up with uh, businesses is the workspace or the office space, depending mm-hmm. on the industry. You mentioned you had uh, a lease at the Re- Re- Renaissance Building. Re- Renaissance Building, huh? And that's a that's a big decision. You probably had a lawyer helping you oh, absolutely. with that? Absolutely. Uh, a yeah. lease could be one year, three years, five years, ten years. It could be a really long lease. And if you're going to be um, held to a contract for that period of time, you probably want to be sure what your rights and responsibilities are, what your obligations are. So that's a good time to call an attorney. Got to talk to the right people. Yeah. Uh, and th- there are some rules in the Texas Property Code regarding commercial leases there. Uh, Speaking of decisions, I've run into a couple of organizations here in San Antonio, um, clubs uh, that help business owners make good decisions with each other. One uh, I'm a member of is called Vistage, 
It's like a peer advisory group. Uh, we have an executive coach that helps us to work on issues and and, and uh, strive to reach our goals um, and and become better leaders. Uh, there's another one called a C12. I wondered if you had heard of either of these organizations. I have not. No. Okay. <clears throat> so um, the one that I I'm a member of Vistage is. Uh, especially for owners who don't really have a board of directors. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's what I fall under right now, to help prevent executive isolation. Mm-hmm. Being alone at the top. <laughs> um, was there anybody, family or friends, that you would bounce ideas off of to, to make sure you were doing the, the right thing when you were the business owner? I... I would always listen to – I had several department heads, head of creative, head of PR. We would always discuss things about opportunities to grow, moving into new markets or d- different categories of business. Uh, but at the end of the day, I had to make a decision. But I got to tell you, one of the greatest supports that I had was – Gail is my ex-wife, but, but she always supported me. She was a CPA, and she watched the numbers – I was more entrepreneurial. I'm ready to go take a shot. You know, mm-hmm. I want to I want to try something different. And we would talk about it and she would give me her advice and say, "I don't think you should do this for these reasons." And sometimes I would do that. Sometimes I would do what I wanted to do even against her advice. Yeah. But she never was a person that said, "I told you so." But so we talked about a few things. I tried to keep business as much away from home from the kids as possible, but it's impossible when you're a business owner. You're seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So I had great support from her, but I would always listen to the heads of my departments to get their feeling. These were creative people. These were mm-hmm. smart people. And sometimes I would think about doing something, and they go, mm, you know, maybe you want to think about it again. And I would, so I sought their guidance. Was there outside people that I talked to? No. No, I kept it within the company, yeah. and uh, um, they were all part of our growth, and uh, they deserve the, the respect of their opinions to be heard. Good. Yeah, it, you have to get feedback from somewhere. Abs- absolutely. Okay, so we're nearing the end of the show. We're approaching the legacy segment. Uh-oh. And so I wanted to ask you about your legacy. Um, I saw on your resume lots of uh, work that you've done in the community. Will you share that with us? Well, I've I've always believed uh, that local communities are the solution to social issues. Uh, And I won't get on my bandwagon because the federal government doesn't have a clue how to solve social issues in a community. I'm sorry, they just don't. I don't care what party you are. They don't. They do a good job with the military but not anything else. And I think local employers, local individuals, local organizations can best solve our issues. I've been part of, I don't know, a dozen or 15 nonprofits. Uh, I was on the board of United Way, Child Safe, you know, Palmer Drug Abuse. But there's a reason I think it's important for business owners to give back some of their time. We always donated time to different nonprofits to help them with their marketing. Uh, I was on so many boards that... um, I learned a lot about how to be a board member, but I think issues need to be taken care of locally. And part of my time, I felt like it was required, necessary for me. I had the blessing of being able to own a business, and um, then I—that's it's, it's that old thing. What do they call it? Giving back. You just right. you got to give back, and that's I, I, hopefully I did that. Um, and, do you think and your it, son and daughter will remember that about you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, my son is 48. Uh, he was six when Gail and I got married, so he's my adopted son, and my daughter's 27, and she's adopted from Romania. And, um, yeah, they're good kids. They're, they're Well, kids. They're not kids, but mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're very ethical. They're, they have values. They're good people. Their mom, she's the best. Gail is the very best that you could find. So, yeah, we're very, very fortunate. What else would you want them to remember about you? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Daddy was a good guy. I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, my perception of me and my friends and my family's perception. And 
I, I can't control what they think. We just do the best we can as a parent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd like to think that we brought strong values to them um, and uh, taught them about, you know, I've always I've talked to my daughter about don't date guys that want to control you. A lot right. of controlling guys out there. <laughs> so uh, I hope so. I mean, I, I would like to think that I've been a, a, a decent parent. Uh, I've been divorced for a long time, and Gail really raised my daughter. Amazing job, an amazing parent. Mm-hmm. And uh, Adriana... Uh, got her master's degree, graduated with a 4.0, very intelligent. My son's doing well. And so, um, yeah, we're very fortunate. We're very fortunate. I, yeah. hope, I hope they do. I hope they do. Yeah, I've been praying for my daughter's future husband. She's not going to get married anytime soon. She's only 14, but I'm, uh, that's how much prep I'm putting into it is – I want her to meet the right guy because I know that that... You know the right guy may not be the one that you pick. It's probably going to be one she picks. Well, I'm going to leave it up to the Lord, first of all. That's good hands. Yeah. So thank you for joining us today. This has been a lot of fun, and I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Anything you want to say about Toolbox Studios? Yeah, Toolbox Studios has been here about 20-some-odd years. It's a strong branding firm. C.C. Smith is the owner. They do great work. Uh, They have a full-service staff of um, website design, and um, um, we have clients that are all over the country, and so they're great people. Thank you. Uh, Stay tuned for next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.